Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, welcome in. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your programming. This is PHNX Cardinals AF, meaning after Florio. I'm Johnny Venerable. He's Paul Brock. <laughs> Live at the PHNX headquarters in downtown Phoenix. And, Bo, we just first of all want to say thank you to all the great comments, support from the interview yesterday with Mike, who, I mean, say what you want about Florio. Good sport, after all. Plenty of content and insight. So thank you all for your uh, kind words. We really appreciate it. No doubt about it. Yeah, got the people going. Now, what direction they wanted to go? Did they want to try to, like, slam down their smartphone in frustration? Or do they want to cheer on their favorite PHNX Cardinals host? They could have done each, right, uh, listening to that interview. Not short on polarizing takes. Uh, just was sifting through the interview. We're going to release, you know, clips from the interview, different uh, highlights from it that we thought were interesting. And, and um, so look for those. But, you know, Opening up the show, I see a kind of a forgotten man that we're going to talk about here, BJ Ujolari. Excited to get yeah. into the second round rookie pass rusher. But what's up, Fishbowl Flash? The best time in the day coming up, it says in the chat. Big thanks to okay. that. Gary Coker just saying, hey, let's just sign the second round pick first and foremost before we start talking about some potential accolades and awards. Chase, great show yesterday. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, another one on tap coming your way. Colts 23. Ujolari is a beast. No doubt about that. What's up, Ben? What's up, Dean? Excited to be chatting with all of you today. Yeah, I mean, recently you haven't been able to find too many lists that have Arizona Cardinals included on it. So this is a, a site for sore eyes. Yeah. Head on over to NFL.com and they had projections, Bo Brock, for their all-rookie teams, offense, defense, special teams, what have you. And well, 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 if it isn't now a, a, a player who is yet to play in the NFL, that's common uh, of a rookie. B.J. Ojolari was highlighted as a projected standout by NFL.com. This is the excerpt from the article you can check out. The Cardinals selected two pass rushers in the third round, 2022. Of course, Cameron Thomas, Majay Sanders. But new head coach Jonathan Gannon and Monty Austin Ford still invested a second in Ojolari in a, to form a strong rotation, just like he had in Philadelphia. B.J. has the length and hustle to emulate his brother Aziz Ojolari, who had eight sacks as a rookie for the Giants back in 2021. So again, guy hasn't played a snap yet. Actually wasn't on the field for any of the offseason activities in minicamp because he hadn't signed his contract yet. And a lot of people can see past that. We're assuming that his contract gets done well before training camp. We've got about a month left. You reported Bo Brock July 25th was going to be the time in which rookies and veterans are going to yeah. report to training camp. And that's the timeline to get the ex-LSU Tiger sign, but it is nice to see. I mean, we remember sitting there on draft night at the PHNX studios thinking, are they going to go interior offensive line? Are they going to go center? What could they do? And they take a pass rusher that I think projects long-term as Jonathan Gannon's Hassan Reddick, coincidentally enough, in Arizona. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, the guy that's got the size, the athleticism, the, the fast twitch, the bend, and plus the run-stopping capabilities. I remember Nick Rollis just asking him point blank, like, give us the scouting report for B.J. Ujolari. Right. And he basically, what he said was the perfect pass rusher. Now, you know, does that kind yeah. of projection come to fruition, you know, come his rookie season? As you mentioned, his brother Aziz 
eight sacks in his in his first year for the Giants. If the Arizona Cardinals can get that type of production right out of the gates from B.J. Ojolari, I mean, this is a solid pick, no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, what you see from him, 6'2", nearly 250, uh, you watch the tape. It stands out in the SEC. It's exactly what you want. With Johnny Venerable pounds the table for every draft season. What is that? An SEC ass kicker? That's exactly Power what five. he Yeah, that's what that's he right. is. That's what B.J. Ujolari is. He's right in the mix for that. You look at his grades throughout last season. Solid game against Florida State, Mississippi State. Big games against Tennessee and Florida, Ole Miss. All of these like Power Five schools in the SEC that you that you know are as far as the minor leagues to the NFL. That's essentially it. And he's performing against them. He's producing against them. And the fact that he can not only be he can be a versatile pass rusher, not just be focused to pin his ears back and get after the quarterback, be a polished run stopper as well. That's exciting. That's refreshing to the ears of Cardinals fans who kind of either get either or. Yeah, and you know what position he's going to play. Like, there's clarity. Like, that was one of the best parts of, of watching Austin Ford and company work this draft is you can project all these guys to their roles almost immediately. There's not guessing like there was with Isaiah Simmons and David Collins and Rondell Moore. How are they going to fit? This is clearly an outside pass rusher. Gannon uses them bountifully, right? They're going to they're gonna mix and match. So he's not going to be an every-down player this year, but – I think what makes you feel really good is the projection. The projection has been there since day one that he would fill the Hassan Reddick type role eventually, right? He'll probably back up Zayvon, Tom, Zayvon Collins and, and Cameron Thomas to start the year, but he'll have opportunities. I love Zayvon Collins as a person and as an inside linebacker, he was capable, but we have yet to see him consistently rush the passer. He is moving to that role. Cameron Thomas, Majay Sanders, were kind of mixed all over the place, had to lose weight. I mean, B.J. Ojolari is prime for, I think, a fast start in the NFL. And something I, I did a little digging here before the show, no big deal. Lance Zerline, who does a nice job with his pre-draft rankings and evaluation, he had B.J. Ojolari comps to one Harold Landry once upon a time, went to the Tennessee Titans, coincidentally, while Monty Ford was there, Bo. Remember Harold Landry, before he tore his ACL last year, 12 sacks in 2021, playing the exact same position. I think the Cardinals would take that infinitely from this position. And again, I like this kid better than Harold Landry because, as you mentioned, played in the SEC, played on a very capable, viable LSU team in transition, had a coaching change in the middle of his tenure there at LSU, Didn't did a nice job for Brian Kelly. And I think had he come back next year, I mean, there were people in his ear. You know, you, you read up on B.J. Ojolari, had he come back and played another year at LSU, this is a first-round pick, easily yeah. a first-round pick. He was a fringe first-rounder this year. We talked about it. A guy that probably could have gone anywhere from where he went to like 25, 27, that kind of range. I think if he comes back to school, and this is to the Cardinals' benefit, he he, he has a projection because of how how well I think LSU is going to play this year, how well they're coached, to be a top 20 pick. So this the, he does not have to come in and set the world on fire at the position, but mm -hmm. the is elite and it's there and it's obvious when you see kind of like the snap breakdowns of Jonathan Gannon's defense like he's rotating he's putting people in he's he's taking advantage of their versatilities we're seeing Hassan yeah. Reddick you know playing defensive end we're seeing him play stand-up outside linebacker edge rusher uh you know Joshua Sweat you're seeing just a, a solid rotation the big heavies the beef in the middle you're seeing a rotation there as well where I think the Arizona Cardinals certainly lack at that position but like this pass rest group is intriguing to me. Like it doesn't like I'm yeah. not down on it at all. I'm excited to no. see, you know, what they can get from the potential of this group. What Zayvon Collins' game can translate, put in that role, being a primary pass rusher. Cameron Thomas being utilized by coaching staff, not having him drop the weight, get back to more comfortable weight, play with the speed, athleticism that he brought at San Diego State, and then this this you know this this prospect in B.J. Ujolari. You know, I, I like this group. I, I think that it can be – you can outproduce the group last year. Uh, oh, you know, you know, and, and I'm not talking – don't lump J.J. Watt. I think he was more inside. Yeah. And in, in, in a, in a guy like Zach Allen and that. I think they're more inside, more interior defensive linemen. So I don't think that would be fair. Like true traditional get-after-the-quarterback pass rushers. I, I like this rotation. And then, you know, I, I just hope that nobody gets in the way. I, I hope that – these guys capitalize on the opportunity and it's just a dogfight for snaps. And it's not like, you, oh, well, we'll see. Let's see what Gardeck looks like there. Let's see what Victor Dumakeji looks like there. Let's see what, 
Jesse Lucata looks like there. No, it's like I want these three yeah. to be the primary pass rushers. And, you know, I can't tell if it's if I want Zayvon Collins, a former first round pick, or the the second round pick in the new regime to kind of lead the way in BJ Ujolari. I think you just let the best mess man win. And last yeah. year, I mean, do you remember who we were talking about as potential starters and did start, I believe, the season opener last year? Devon Kennard. They cut and then brought him back as a practice squad yeah. player, elevated him on game day, and he played significant snaps week one against Patrick Mahomes. It was an embarrassment. Marcus Golden, I love him to death. He's a great person, great human being, great great draft pick of the Kai mm-hmm. era. There weren't many. Fell off a cliff last year. His production was just completely uh, unfindable. It was it was it was his worst NFL season bar yeah. none. That's what the Cardinals were rolling with for the first couple months of the season because Vance Joseph was so stubborn. And you just mentioned all the Vance Joseph Darlings, the Gardex of the world, the Lucetas, these guys that were drafted under Kime or you know undrafted street free agents. And then you've got what I think were two gems, gems in the third round that you know I love Trey McBride. But I think the third rounders, you can make an argument, were the were the best suited to play right away, were the most ready to play right away. Majay Sanders and Cameron Thomas, you could see the flashes immediately. Whereas Zach yeah. Allen, I mean, Zach Allen ha- held the baton for and Max Williams. And, you know, Trey McBride was inactive week one, which is, yeah. a, you know, a disaster in and of itself. But I'm excited to see that foursome and let the chips fall where they may, because what's their common denominator? They're all young. And they were all high draft picks. And any one of them, I mean, you could make a case for any of these guys, Ojolari included, to come out of this year and say, that's our number one pass rusher. And that's a good feeling. And, and unlike the defensive line group, the D tackles in particular, that I think has some of the worst talent in the NFL, just is what it is. There is talent, immense talent at this pass rusher group. It's just unproven. I think it's we're easily going to be able to project December, January, February next year, it's going to be a position group on the rise in part because their head coach knows how to tap into that. Their head coach yeah. led Philadelphia to 70 sacks last year. You know that if a guy doesn't work out, it's not going to be because of coaching. It's going to be because of uh, other circumstances relating to that player. But, I mean, we were at the uniform unveiling a couple we- a couple months ago. Who was there? Maje Sanders, Cameron Thomas. They're mm-hmm. going to be a big part of what the Cardinals do. And, you know, if you follow Gannon for any amount of time, you can never have enough pass rushers. So this, this foursome is intriguing. And while I love Ojolari, I still think the most interesting name is Zayvon Collins. Cause yeah. I, I think that has an opportunity to be one of the biggest storylines for this team because of where he was drafted, time affiliation, inside backer. What, what if he just goes off? It would be, it'd be a fantastic story. It would be obviously ahead of schedule, I think, because the work I've seen him do in practice, it, it's, it really looks like it's, pass rush 101 type stuff like and you need to temper the audience with that that's important information sure. i mean he's sitting there with robert R- rob rodriguez who uh came to the coaching staff from arizona state he's your outside linebackers coach kind of your pass rush coach and it's zavin collins doing just basic you know hand you know technique moves pass rush moves right. to where it's it's crazy to say this and i don't think it's naive to think like the most nfl ready pass rusher of this group and especially of that trio that I mentioned, I think it's BJ Ujolari, right? A guy that was playing in, in the SEC that didn't have the last regime's hands all over him, trying to put probably putting these guys in the wrong position and not putting, you know, putting their bodies in the wrong position in Cameron yeah. Thomas's situation uh, and not putting them on the, on the field. I really believe like BJ Ujolari, like once he does put pen to paper, and I think we're pretty confident that there's not going to be any hiccup and he'll have it between now and the next 26 days before training camp, uh, that that he's going to be the guy that's most set up for success. And, and the coaching staff's going to want it. The front office is certainly going to want it as, as one of their first draft darlings. I mean, it really is fascinating to look at just the dynamics, right, where you had – VJ was stubborn. He wasn't going to play young players and let them fail at the NFL level because he knew that if his defense, if they had zero error for, for margin for mistakes and or margin for error, and that if that he needed to win out, he had to find a way. And he wasn't going to compromise. He wasn't going to try to get these guys up to speed on the fly because he knew yeah. the reality of the NFL that if he his defense didn't produce and it didn't regardless 
that his ass was going to be looking for a new job. And now you've got uh, kind of new expectations, renewed expectations with a new coaching staff and a little bit longer leash, I guess. And they're willing to bet on the young guy, get him up to speed first and foremost. So where, you know, maybe year two, year three, I mean, he's going to be one of the top, you know, pass rushers in the NFC West. Nightingale Sunset, great question in the chat. Which is the biggest question mark or the bigger question mark, I should say, cornerback or edge? I'll let my co-host answer uh, here in a second. I think it's I think it's edge rusher just because of the lack of proven commodity. I mean, Marco Wilson's a 17-game starter. I mean, mm-hmm. that, I mean that, that happened, and he played a lot as a rookie. I mean, you, you could convince me otherwise that Marco Wilson is not going to have a great year. I, I feel like he's going to be one of the biggest surprises of the season because he's, he's got the technique down. And I think, again, this is always going to come back to this. He's The coaching is going to be so much better than, than what he's had. And you look at the strides he's made. He's so athletic. He's long. And and he was, a, I think, a top 40, 50 talent before he threw a shoe at Florida and dropped him <laughs> to the fourth round. We saw that pick six against Andy Dalton last year. It was fantastic jumping in the end zone. So Antonio Hamilton's in the mix, too. And they got some younger guys. Kid out of Syracuse probably won't be ready till mid to late October. But it, you he already looks kind of fast. Yeah, he already kind of looks fast. Just running on the side, like Garrett Williams. Yeah, it's it's really gonna be interesting to see. Like, can he translate from the SEC? He looks uh, fast coming off a torn ACL. Yeah, yeah, he does. So what is it? Uh, just change of direction now? Yeah, I mean that that's mobility. so important with that. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. that's a good point. That's so important with that position, and that's what the. I mean, when you tear your ACL, you can even like at some points you could walk. You can walk in a straight line. It, right. If, as far as you're doing anything east and west, that's where the ligament really comes into play. So, you, yeah, I mean, that's going to be something that's going to come down to, especially playing such a a, a a big position like cornerback. So, I yeah, I mean, I agree. Uh, but at the same token, it's like I, I, I like the uh, Marco Wilson emerging last year. If you look at his like final three games of, really of the regular season, solid two picks of the GOAT Tom Brady, which is awesome. Um, you know, part of the, the the team that showed up on Christmas to to win that game and couldn't they 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 gave up the game at the end of it and, and it turned okay. out to probably be okay. okay for the Cardinals yeah. in the long run. We're fine. But then We're it's like, but to to my point earlier, it's like this pass rush. It's more intriguing to me. Like I think that there might be more upside from it than there is oh, I don't, from, I don't from doubt the quarterback room. Yeah, I don't doubt that. And I think in terms of a placeholder. In 2023, it's cornerback, but in ter- the long-term projection, Bo, it's it's past. Ojolari could be a Pro Bowler. I don't know if Marco Wilson or Antonio Hamilton certainly can ever reach that level. And there's a reason they were sniffing around the yeah. top corners in the in this draft class. And I think it's going to be a very viable position for them to target and free agency in the draft next year. Um, but I also know like Gannon's secondary was predicated on pass rush more so than even any other team in the NFL because he likes reclamation projects in his secondary. He feels like he can coach up afterthoughts, undersized guys. And I love that mentality. I think your team, I'm old school, build it up front and work your way back and get the Reed Blankenships of the world to, to come and overachieve for you. Sure. Yeah. They traded for Darius Slay and there, and then Howie Roseman made some moves and that took them to the Super Bowl. but they, I mean, they were very, James Bradbury, but they were yeah. very viable even before that. But what you cannot over the course of 17 weeks hide consistently is a lack of pass rush slash a quality defensive line. And so I, while I it, def, defensive tackle is my preference for this team and, and I'm glad they did not go high corner this year. what they do? They wanted to force an offensive line or a defensive line pick. They wanted to force a line of scrimmage pick early and they did that with their first two picks. I'm not surprised. Yeah, and then when you look at this draft class, I think kind of we get lost in some down the draft board, you know, darlings, the Michael Wilsons, the Garrett Williams, you know, the Keytrail Clarks, Owen Papo yeah. the, at the freak on on Twitter because of his mm-hmm. freakish athletic ability. But like when you just go chalk and you look at the first round pick and the second round pick, it's like. Those guys, could, as far as offensive and defense, like those could be going forward, you know, part of the the cornerstones as, as far as does this it, organization go. Does it feel like to you that we're overhyping this draft class because of the lack of movement for this team in March and April and free agency? Or does it organically feel like this class is different? Because that's how I feel. I honestly feel there are some classes we go into the summer and it's just like, 
especially under Kingsbury and Kime, like, yeah. these guys aren't playing. These guys yeah, aren't seeing the field. They're with the third team. And I get it. The Cardinals roster is thin, but I am bullish on like four of these guys. And yeah. we haven't even hit the season yet. And again, we're all drinking the Kool-Aid right now because they haven't played it down yet. Everybody's healthy. I just led by Paris Johnson Jr., who I love pre-draft. Bo, you know that. It, it feels like this rookie class, we're going to look up and they're all going to play like 50-plus yeah. percent of the snaps. Well, I mean, look, pajama ball, right? Everybody yeah. looks good in shorts. Uh, the honeymoon of a new coaching staff coming over, having enthusiasm, and and really uh, you know, welcoming all the new players, all the new faces with open arms. Yeah, That ended once minicamp ended. Right. And even before yeah. minicamp ended, like I think that Jonathan Gannon told us in the press conference, the final day we talked to him before they broke, before going to training camp next month, it's like we're going to ratchet things up. And then we're going to start to see like when they really coach them hard, when they start to, you know, call out people for, for maybe being in the wrong place at the wrong time, like how are they going to respond to that kind of adversity? Right. Like, I think See, that that's but I the hear, next part of it. Like for right now, like up until this point, I'm very impressed with this draft class. Kid gloves, I get it. But what you just said, they're going to ratchet it up. I think, and I might be naive, that could be a bigger problem for a lot of the guys that have pre-existed here with the Arizona Cardinals because of the cupcake mindset of the prior regime. I, ho I hope I'm wrong. I hope everybody rises to the challenge. But, I mean, it's the same stuff that we saw last year where Michael Bidwell had to interject on hard knocks and say, I know guys are cutting corners. I, I feel like the guys, because I, I respect the programs immensely of B.J. Ojolari and Paris Johnson mm. Jr., especially Ohio State, LSU. I mean, the, the Cardinals would love to emulate those programs at the professional level, trust me, especially with their facilities. I, I think the rookies are, are especially the early rounders, are, are better or set up for success than some of these veterans. I could be naive. I want to get to a couple of these questions, Bo, yeah. these comments, I should say. Uh, Coney in the chat, I feel like there's more opportunity to play 100%. We've detailed that, and that's the anti-Vance Joseph effect, which you love to see. How about this question for you, Bo? Colt 2-3, of all the rookies, who's going to get the most snaps of this group? Yeah, and I was thinking about that, like, between Vijay Ujolari, Paris Johnson Jr., and Michael Wilson, you know, who is who is poised to see the most playing time? And I think that mm -hmm. those are the three guys that you could realistically put in, in this conversation. Yeah. And I think... I think you get to start with with the top guy, the sixth overall pick. That regard, like you think, probably right tackle to start off his career, and, yep. and you know, barring any kind of catastrophic, you know, performances where somebody like uh, let's see their first game, Chase Young, if he's facing Chase yeah. Young and Deron Payne, and then the next week you've got uh, Thibodeau from from the Giants, and he's eaten, and you got Micah Parsons and. It, it looks like Paris Johnson, it was too quick to call it, you know, that he's ready. Uh, I, I think Paris Johnson Jr. is somebody that they're going to ride with, right? He's going to be a ride or die, like through the thick and the thin, and they're going to get him up to speed, regardless if it's going to take him being penalized a bunch and, and, and giving up sacks. And, and as long as he's not getting anybody and putting anybody in a position to get hurt. And then, like, that rotation we're talking about with the pass rush, that's going to be key for B.J. Ujolari to stand up and take advantage of an opportunity there. And then like a very weird, in a weird way, a guy who was often injured at Stanford and didn't put up big eye-popping numbers in the yeah. Pac-12, Michael Wilson with DeAndre Hopkins off this roster and the affinity of Drew Petzing for larger body wide receiver and the athleticism and already the, the silky smooth route running that we've heard about. I think Michael Wilson has a very good chance. Like, B.J. Ujolari, Michael Wilson, pit them up against each other. Their snap count percentages at the end of the year. Who's yeah? Who's who? Who, in your opinion, sees more playing time? Oh man! If you had to ask me right now today, yeah. shockingly, I think it's Michael Wilson. Yeah, uh, health permitting. Not if, an indictment. I don't think on B.J. Ujolari. No, it's yeah. the position group. He's. I mean, Cameron Thomas and Maje Sanders. You're gonna have to force them off the field. They, Hassan Reddick played 75% of the snaps last year. And he, he was on the field a lot for Philly. But so, like, if probably take that down a notch just because he's a rookie, just because they're trying to figure out things as far as B.J. Ujolari. But, like, on the offensive side of the ball, if Michael Wilson takes a hold of that X or that Z wide receiver spot, I mean, that's a significant amount of snaps. If you're running 11 or 12 personnel 
on offense, especially like in the red zone, you, you can't have a bunch of undersized playmakers out there. Like guys have to have very specific roles. He is their only substantially large outside of Zach Pascal wide receiver. Again, the, yeah. the hugest, biggest asterisk possible in terms of how many games does he play? If you tell me right now he plays, let's say, I would you take 14 games from him this year? I would. If, mm-hmm. if he plays 14 games this year out of 17, he, he is going to be number two to Paris Johnson Jr. Because I, I feel like the ability is not in question. And I think his the translating from being able to work off a of press man coverage, being able to go get contested footballs, you know his route running is impeccable because of all the time he spent at Stanford. He is the opposite of raw. It's just yeah. can he win the war of attrition and stay on the field? So I number one, if Paris Johnson Jr. gives you 90 plus percent of the snaps, that's a huge win. Even if his you know, he'll have his flashes, he'll have his bad games. That's he's a rookie offensive tackle. It's not a fair Panay Sewell was pretty average that first year for Detroit. 90, give me 90 plus for the big man, and then I think 50 to 60% for BJ and Michael Wilson is, is really solid numbers. And I'll tell you right now, if the kid out of Syracuse, uh, Garrett Williams was healthy, he'd probably yeah. be my number two. He, he sure. would probably play um, over Antonio Hamilton, some of these other guys, but he's just, he's not going to have the the time to be able to ramp it up until late October, November. So the, the, it's cliche to say, but they're th- three of their four highest draft picks. Those are the guys they're going to count on early. Yeah. See, who's your top fantasy player on the Cardinals asking for a friend? I think it's mm. a two-horse race. I think Hollywood Brown and, and uh, James Conner are probably your I mean, two true options there. Yeah. If James Conner is going to – if you're into touches, he's he's going to get touches and, and he's going to help you hit pay dirt. And if you're 26 into pay dirt, touchdowns in the last two seasons. Um, yeah. I mean – the. Then he doesn't have to average. He can average three point eight yards per carry and still when you help win your leagues because of his ability to get yeah. in the end zone. Um, can you get in the end zone, Bull Brock, with our friends at BetMGM? I bet you can. BetMGM bonus bets, baby. Started last Friday. We're mm-hmm. keeping it going. The Bet BetMGM players are going to receive a, a bonus bet upon logging into that sweet, sweet bonus uh, BetMGM sportsbook app every single Friday for the next three weeks. So go ahead and mark it on your calendar in two days on Friday throughout the remainder of the month into July. You're going to be able to get those bonus bets. Claim period extends Saturday and Sunday, 72 hours to claim, 72 hours to use that bet. Upon logging in and getting that claim to bet on BetMGM, use that bonus code PHNX. Now, there's a few different offers additionally, depending on where you live. But for our friends and family here in Arizona, place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses with BetMGM. Again, make sure you're using that bonus code PHNX. Make sure you're checking out PHNX Cardinals this fall because guess what? We're going to be every single football Sunday. Myself, Bull Brock, the entire PHNX Cardinals crew, BetMGM Sportsbook at the Great Lawn at State Farm Stadium, introducing our pregame show, halftime show, and the return of PHNX Cardinals postgame. Do not miss out. Hang out with us on the BetMGM Sportsbook app right now. Check out the show notes for full details. And now listen to our guy, Shane Diefenbach, talk about it in the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. There's a rumor growing around that uh, Shane Diefenbach broke the record for most four peaks consumed in the terminal uh, going I don't believe that. to Nashville. Yeah, he, he had a bunch of delicious kilt lifters before his flight as he's going to Nashville. And also the rumor is that he's uh, pursuing a country music career while he's out there in Nashville. That, I, that uh, you, I do believe. You can check him out along with the entire crew in their draft coverage going on. I, I'd say after this, you can multicast it right now, simulcast it as it's going on right now. But uh yeah, producer Emma is doing exactly that right now. Uh, is their draft coverage for the NHL draft is it's going on? It's live uh, for PHNX Sports. Excited about that. Uh, while you're watching, put back a couple four picks yourself. The kilt lifter, the Wow Wheat, number one wheat in Arizona. Also, make sure you're following along on social media and Twitter too. Uh, our friends over at Four Peaks always doing giveaways, contests. They're always promoting, you know, some great uh, beverages, brews that they've 
concoct it there at their H Street location where they brew it right there. Check out their H Street location as well. Uh, they got all the great food. It's more than just brewery food. It's not bar food. It's, uh, you know, from appetizers, entrees to delicious desserts. They've got it for you to couple with their and pair with their incredible beer. Got to be 21 years or older to drink the beer, and you should also do it responsibly. Jalen Blair in the chat. Late October, Garrett Williams said he'd be clear at the beginning of July. That that would be a surprise. Um, we had heard post-draft that it was the target for him to, to come back and play for the team would be October. Um, but again, things things can change. I Listen, I, I think you got to take all this with they're, they're looking at the long-term outlook of this team, obviously, and, and they're going to use kid gloves on him and his ability to come back. That's a really hard position to play anyway as a rookie. So mm-hmm. they, they got to be convinced. So I, I I think anything before Halloween you feel good about because it's a long season. I mean, yeah. if he plays te- if he plays 10, 12 games, you, that's a that's a home run. That's a slam dunk because that that was when the pick was made. That's a redshirt pick. You get what you get this rookie year, and then you hope that he can prove to you in the remaining three years of his rookie deal that that he can be something, Bo. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's really what you want to see. Just kind of him uh, face NFL competition, get acclimated to the next level. I think it's some uh, he's a he's a prospect that if he doesn't get injured in October against Notre Dame, you know, he's a guy that that rises up draft boards is is as high as you know maybe maybe a late first round pick, probably yeah, a second a round pick. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just a ball hawking corner. Another guy that Nick Rollis is excited about. He says he plays with violence. Uh, and you don't hear that about guys that play the cornerback position, but it seems like he's uh, he fits the mold as far as what JG and Nick Rollis are, are looking for from that position. I did want to shout out real quick before we continue this show, uh, YouTube users. Every, I mean, we've been overwhelmed by so many kind comments. Uh, it was that Ben, the Cardinals fan, chimed in uh, post-show, said some really nice things. So did... Uh, Free the Creed out there, Sam. All the YouTube users out there jumping in the uh, on the uh, on the comment side of things and leaving so many nice things about this podcast. This is all, the the people that watch and listen to this podcast. It's it's all this is your show. Uh, yeah, we are just privileged 100%. to be able to do this each and every day. Thank you for all the love, all the support. Uh, we're beyond grateful for it. Under well said, and uh, if you didn't know. Your engagement is the key. It's the key to getting guys like Florio and, and company on. Um, so if you have an opportunity, leave a like at any point, put a comment in there, and that helps the show grow. And the more viability, more eyeballs on the show, the more we can leverage it with guests like Ian Rappaport, Mike Florio. Hopefully some future Cardinals decide to join us as well. And, you know, we're, we're fans as well. And we're, we're here to hold the team accountable with all of you because we want what's best for our, our Redbirds. There's been too many flops with this franchise and we're here <laughs> to help turn that around. Speaking of flops, it's the summer of flops at the box office, like Bo. a LeBron I, James type flop. Like no, one that no, you, no, can, no. you don't even believe in or like a true flop, a true flop, like a uh, flash movie doing Warner <laughs> brothers, dirty losing. Have you seen this? The flash is projected to lose $200 million. And I saw the flash. I loved that. I went opening weekend with my son, big Michael Keaton fan, although I'm 35 years old. So maybe the kids, they didn't turn out for, for Keats like they once did. And Keats. now they're projecting Keats. That's Michael Keaton or my guy. Now, now they're projecting Indiana Jones five with my beloved Harrison Ford. It's going to lose hundreds of millions of dollars. So it's the summer of flops at the box office. Um, So I thought it'd be fun to play. Why is Indy going to lose money? Because the last one sucks so bad. Yeah. Yeah. I just, people, I guess people are into old men. People are into Keats. <laughs> people are into Indiana Jones. We're into these something called bad bunny, all this other stuff. I don't I don't know. I love the old guys. Give me the yeah. old guys. So does Vance old Joseph. Guys. He'll play all of them over. His <laughs> yeah, that's right. Everything <laughs> but uh, Arizona Cardinals. I want youth for the Cardinals. So I thought let's talk about the biggest flops for the Arizona Cardinals in modern Cardinal history. Man. And I've got I've got what I think is the unequivocal Cardinal flop that had all the hype, all the expectations. And this can be, and we want your comments in the chats as well. This can be a free agent signing for a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. This could be a high draft pick. This could be a coach that they brought in, expectations that weren't renewed. I'm going to tell you what I think, though, is the biggest flop of the modern era. Can I try to guess? Uh, can you give me any hints? Yeah, or do you sure. Just no, no, no hints. You get, you take a guess. I'll give you, how about this? I'll give you three guesses. Everybody okay. chime in in the chat. Biggest flop. Everybody thought it had high expectations and, and flop for this franchise. 
Is it a draft pick? No, you have to add. You have to. I can't give you clues. You just have to guess. You get three guesses. No, it's not. It's great. <laughs> oh man. Um. Let's see. It, it would be Here's, you would never you would never say Isaiah, Isaiah Simmons even though no. your, your Isaiah Simmons slander that, that was a, that was a flop of a pick but it's not yeah. the biggest flop that was like what's a flop that was like Black Adam you know it, it mm-hmm. made a, it made its money back barely like Isaiah Simmons is gonna run out his rookie deal but he's he, you know it's not gonna lose his hundreds of millions of dollars okay uh, some really good guesses in the chat already. Yeah, I mean, I I think I think about Rosen. Rosen's like the for whatever reason top of mind for me. Emmett Smith might be going too far back. Nightingale Sunset. Uh, I mean, quarterback is 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 it a court? It's not a quarterback. You you're a dirty dog. That's what you are. Oh man, there's so many so many choices, so many there- different appetizers here for you to pick from. Um. You got to do, give me one guess, one definitive guess. Yeah, Robert Kimdiche is a good guess. Jalen Blair, let's go with that. It's not even close. Not even, the Cardinals were picking at the end of the first round. They had the luxury <laughs> of taking Kimdiche. That was a disastrous pick. Okay. The, 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 the unequivocal selection is, it's, it has to be Matt Leinart. Matt Leinart is the biggest flop in Cardinal modern. Tenth overall pick, more, USC. More than, more than Rosen, more than anybody because of the expectations. The Heisman Trophy, the fact that he stayed extra time at USC, he was prepped, he was ready, he got to stay on the West Coast, he had a good rookie year by all accounts, it's got to be Matt Leiner. Matt Leiner, to me, um, and he's had a nice career broadcasting, you know, everybody else, like, Cobb's a good guess, second rounder, minimal expectations, they gave up a second for him, I know they gave him that big contract, if you followed this team at the time, of Matt Leinart's drafting. I'll never forget. I, I was living in Illinois. My dad was running around the house. We were so excited because it's like no one expected him to fall that far. And if you read all the trades, the publications, you know, we shit on Sporting News now. Sporting News did a huge write-up. Cardinals got the steal of the draft. R- Rosen is a, is a step below that, just given to where the Cardinals were picking. Leinart, to me, I mean, it, that was just on a – he was a superstar. Ro- Rosen played Pac-12 after dark football, and no one cared about UCLA yeah. football. I mean, I mean yeah, Rosen, I mean, he was coming off the – he won the Heisman, right? He, yeah. he, he It wasn't his Heisman season, his senior season, but he won it before no, Reggie Bush. It. So it's it, probably the greatest college team maybe of all time. Yeah. I, I get it, man. It, it makes sense. Uh, and, like, number seven, good-looking dude. It, it seemed like it was just – Lefty. Yep. Was I had, seeking out that franchise signal caller. This was going to be it, right? This was going to be different. Slips the tenth overall. Was that the Vince Young, Jake Locker liner yeah. draft? Was that nah, the same one? Uh, Vince, Vince Young, and I think there was another one in that class. Locker was a couple of years later, but okay. No, nah, I mean it was it was supposed to be the savior. I I know this is a good point from Jalen. Cards gave up assets to go get Rose, and that adds to it. It does. Yeah, but I a third and a fifth. I just feel like. Leinart was such a bigger star. I mean, Leinart was going on like Regis and Kathy Lee. He was on Good Morning America. I mean, like he was a bigger star than anybody on the Cardinals at the time outside of like Kurt Warner. Like he, like he, it was like he and Fitz right away at Anquan. That was like the biggest stars on the team. And Kyler Murray had that same effect too. And Kyler obviously panned out, thank goodness. But um, it, it was, people thought this franchise, and that was right when they got their new stadium, that was going to be it. It's finally they caught a break, and everybody should have known. Like there was a reason he fell that far because teams didn't think he would be any good, and he wasn't. I mean, like Rosen probably is a bigger bust. Liner yeah. got a, hung around the NFL longer. Like Ro- Rosen can't even stay on a team. But didn't it, man, didn't it, it ended Denny Green's career, right? It did. Yeah. I mean that that 2000. It was the year of the 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 presser blow up. I mean, the Bears are my, who we thought they were. Leinart should have should have beaten the Bears. He was set up to beat the Bears. He had they didn't score an offensive. They didn't score offensively in the entire game. No, I, re- I remember. I remember. But um, if you've got, I I will. I'll argue that that's the biggest one. I know people in the comments say Emma, Emma had thousand yard seasons rushing the football here. He just was an old man. I mean, it's just you got from Emmett Smith what I think he was an ambassador with Michael Bidwell to get the new stadium built, and he and he was productive, right? I think you got to look at 
pre-draft or pre-free agent expectations to what it what was the on the field product that you got. No one busted harder than the Matt Liner in terms of it was another flop. It was the flash times a hundred. Yeah. Remember the senior season ballroom dancing? He was a celebrity. He was wasn't he like he was tied to all these Hollywood. We should have, uh, we should have known. He didn't yeah. want to go to the NFL. He 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 had like three hours left and he just stayed. He just he was like What's what's Ryan Reynolds' uh, role in that one movie where he doesn't graduate? Van Ly- Van, it was Wilder? like Van Wilder. Yeah, it was Van Wilder with Matt Leinart, <laughs> and then the Cardinals are like, "Yep, you're our guy." And like, I don't even know, like, did they even work him out? I it was part of it. It's just like they didn't expect him to be there, so it was like they. I don't even know if they worked him out or not. Yeah, Dean in, in the chat, Leinart set the franchise back a decade because he put in the chat Anderson Hall, Skeleton Cobb, all because of Matt Leinart failed, and it scared them from taking another quarterback high until Rosen. And then they double down. I mean, can you imagine? You you wait that long, Liner to Rosen. Now, now hold on. Think about this though. If Liner okay. doesn't flop, Kurt Warner doesn't make his way into the into the starting lineup, and they don't go to that Super Bowl. Right. No, that's fair. But I I just feel like pre pre expectations. I mean, you could say the same thing if Rosen doesn't have it. But at least with Rosen, like if if Liner doesn't win. happen and Warner doesn't happen. They don't have that unprecedented run to the to the Super Bowl, and I don't think that this town gets the football fever that it did. Like, I don't think we're doing this podcast if 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 that doesn't happen. The butterfly effect is insane on this one. You might have gotten a different quarterback a couple of years later, a, a different quarterback in the first round. Um, but but yeah. do you go to the Super Bowl? I mean, I think. I think do, you, do you have trade. those seasons with Larry Led with Larry with Anquan Bolton, Steve Breston, where they're all catching a thousand, putting up a thousand yards. And I think I, 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 mean, lo- I love the Super Bowl team, but like I would rather be viable for 10 years with another quarterback than one Super Bowl trip. Is that in crazy hindsight? Absolutely. I think yeah. anybody would sign up for consistent success, but like, like, know, like who would like liner was in the 2026. Five draft or 2026 2006 20, yeah yeah it's a 2027 nfl draft which was bad i feel like it was bad um was but the team Russell. that went to the super bowl was 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 the you know is uh it was fitz you had nine you had carlos dansby you had all this talent on this team especially on the defensive side of the football and, and yeah i mean i get that if, if liner turned out to be anything that resembled what they thought he could be Probably, I just don't know if he could light up, light it up like like Kurt did, like Kurt recapturing well, no. that magic. Yeah, it was that was meant to be. That was meant to be by the football gods. And if so, and if you were like, if you were to rank them, if you were to rank, so I think you've got Liner clearly as your flop, right? And then yeah, you look yeah, at Cobb flop. and Rosen. Where Rosen I mean, too? Yeah, Rosen has to be too, um, because of how bad Cobb to me. Goodness, go read those articles about what the Ken Wisenhunt and company subjected yeah. Kevin Cobb to I was at the game in St. Louis we've talked about it, where he was sacked nine times <laughs> and the Cardinal and Russ Grimm didn't coach the offensive line all he's standing there with his hands on his hips I I think I think Cobb's top five probably because you traded away a Pro Bowl corner and, and you gave him a bunch of money but uh, Rosen and, and Liner unequivocally the top two because again you waited Rosen was drafted in 2018 so there was yeah. a period of, of 12 years where you didn't take a quarterback in the first round for 12 years, and you and you took both of them at 10th overall from the Pac-12, and they both could not have busted harder. I mean, that's that's wild. Yeah. And now we're sitting here, and Kyler Murray goes one the next year, and now we're sitting well, they here took, talking. I think they took like what? four quarterbacks in the last 10 drafts, right? Or three quarterbacks yeah, in the last all, 10 drafts. They, like never, never on day one or two. It was always on, on day three. It was developmental. Right. Took, Logan Thomas, I think was the only quarterback selection under, under Kime and, and, uh, in yeah. BA, which was absurd. Skeleton Lin, Lindley, just terrible. So bad. That's the biggest bust. Because <laughs> what, about, I think, what about non quarterbacks? Yeah. With Kim Dietschy, people knew he had issues. People right. knew he jumped out of a of a of his dorm room window. People knew he had a Panther. People knew he came from wealth, and they didn't know if he loved football. Like that was right. telegraphed by a lot of half the NFL told the Cardinals that, and they still did it. Oh, what about man. Troy Nicholas? I think he he's up there. Second wasn't he a second yeah. round pick? Notre Dame just, tight end. I, I think he got to be a first. Uh, man, Michael Floyd wasn't a flop, but he was a big tease because you saw the potential and the greatness. That's like starting off a movie franchise. 
and you could see the potential and then the sequel comes out and it's a dud. It's like Caddyshack 2. It's terrible. It's unwatchable. That's was, was Michael Floyd. Um, I'll, I mean, Levi, how do you not talk about Levi Brown? Mm-hmm. Levi Brown was with the circumstances that came with Levi Brown passing on Adrian Peterson, Darrell Rivas, Patrick Willis. Levi Brown might be three for me. That was such an egregious pick. Forced that was the Jamarcus Russell draft, wasn't it? They and wanted then, Joe Thomas. They thought Joe Thomas was going to fall to them at five, and he went three to Cleveland, and they panicked, and they said, we like this kid from Penn State. It was just a terrible pick. How about, it's like, hey, we're going to go. It, you take Levi Brown in that draft, and it's not even the worst bust of that draft. Jamarcus Russell, probably one of the biggest busts of all time. They take Jamarcus Russell, the Raiders do, over Megatron and Joe Thomas, two Hall of Famers, two, three. There's insane. Like, there's like 10 Hall of Famers in the top 15. It's one of the greatest drafts classes that you talk about what ifs if if warner wasn't on the team the biggest what if if the do if the cardinals draft adrian peterson fifth overall that year do they win the super bowl i think so with with ap prime ap fitz bolden and warner they win the super bowl they they beat the Steelers. i mean what what i don't i can't you know what their timeout situation was do they run the ball that close to I just, the end zone i don't instead even of know, throwing I don't know it, if it's james close. harrison yeah i mean that Rookie year and follow up year, Adrian Peterson's unlike anything we've I've seen in my lifetime. I we've yeah. I had him in my top five running backs of all time when we uh when we ranked it. Somebody had saying Bidwell is the biggest bust. Well, I mean, there's a common <laughs> denominator. It's just it's it's either poor decisions on his end or poor decisions from the people he put in power from a football standpoint. But I think that's the biggest thing is we talk about these rookies, Bo, in the first segment. Can some of these guys just become solid players? Can some of them just yeah. become good and get extensions? The bar is so low because of how this team is operated that I, that's why you got to get fired up. It, it would have been very difficult to, and I love doing this show to do this show. Had they ran it back, had yeah. we sat there after week 17 and here comes Kime as a special advisor to the new GM, Adrian Wilson. And here's Vance Joseph and cliff, you know, running out their deals. I mean, that, that would have been, impossible to stomach now you've got new people who know what they're doing we think that hopefully not too many flops in the near future for this franchise yeah i see jonathan cooper i i just can't give jonathan cooper i i know you know first pick of that of the kime era was the seventh overall they take the guard yeah. right out of north carolina and all training camp all all preseason he's just lighting it up he looks like he's gonna be a dog and then he's he the breaks his leg lineman. He breaks his leg down the, you know, blocking down the field. And it was a bad break, and he just was never the same. I, I would really would have been curious to see, like, what Jonathan Cooper could have done if if he didn't start his career off like that. Uh, as far as non-draft flop, you know, I, I there's certainly been the team's gone out and, and signed free agents and, and, and made trades before. I think, so many. You know, I think Kime did a pretty decent job as far as trades go brought back D hop or brought in D hop brought in Chandler Jones. Got I'm trying JJ to think, Watt. Yeah. Most, mostly like free agents, like via free agency, like who was the biggest flop of, of that group? I mean, it's a great question. Probably some of the offensive linemen they've brought in have just, I mean, Rodney Hudson was a big flop. Andre Smith, right? Andre. Uh, yeah. I, you know, Terrell Suggs or Reese in the chat, but see that off season, we saw what they were doing. They were trying to distract us with stuff to keep us away from knowing that their quarterback situation was going to blow up. But I'll tell you what, uh, there was a kid that they that they took, and they didn't pay him a ton of money. Darius Fillon was a Charger defensive yeah. lineman that they gave a good contract to and had a gun in a nightclub and never played a snap for them. They had to eat his contract, a bunch of dead money. But like the biggest one, I, the biggest one has to be Cobb because I yeah. that was the year, I've told this story before, that was the year of the, the strike and it was like March, they were going to trade for him. The strike happens and then it culminates in like June, July and it just derailed kind of all the momentum that they had. Jalen Blair brings up a great recent one. Jordan Phillips, he was awful. Yeah. Couldn't stay healthy. I mean, you look at the guys that the Cardinals have had a really difficult time with big men in free agency, offensive and defensive linemen. That's and what the Cardinals do this year, they they use their first two picks on offensive defensive linemen because they want to get their prime years in their early to mid twenties. Dean nailed it. Sam Bradford, my God, what a f- absolute just that, terrible signing that was. You were you just, were covering the team at that time. Oh you? God, that was such a 
and and there were people around uh, the market that were trying to kind of polish up that turd, like trying to spin off Sam Bradford as like this guy that was going to come in and be the bridge to Josh Rosen. And it's like, guy couldn't play any longer. He'd suffered too many injuries in his career. The offensive line was crap. And he just, he just couldn't play like three games. He played three games in his Cardinals career and he, he got what, $18 million for it. And then that was it. And it, it, he didn't even finish the season with the team. Like they, they brought Rosen in that game in the fourth quarter against the Bears, who had Khalil Mack on the defensive line, and they put him in with like four and four minutes and some change. Pulled Bradford, and they that's it. That was it. That was the end of his career. Uh, so that a, I, I can't disagree with that. I think Bradford. I, I for people that for, who bought into that, if, of course it was a flop, but it was a flop from the very get go. Like the fact that they just tried to like pawn him off as a quarterback that could play post Carson Palmer in the BA era. It's just, what are we doing here? And that was their insurance. Had they not gotten a quarterback in the draft? And I mean, I'll I'll tell you this, this doesn't count, but the, the most dejected I have been as a Cardinal fan, non during the season easily of the last 20 years is 2017. I truth be told, honest to God, when they got jumped, by New Orleans, or excuse me, they got jumped by Kansas City and Houston for Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes. I just remember feeling like gutted and empty inside. Mm-hmm. And I, I like not to knock local guys, but the, I mean, like the team site, people were downplaying the Cardinals' need for a quarterback. And it was just flashing lights, glaring like everybody knew Carson Palmer couldn't get through a season. And yeah. you had this QB rich draft. I liked you know, Trubisky, was in that draft. There were three viable quarterbacks. You have to move up. The fan base was adamant about it. Yeah. And you got out of the top nine and you're at 13 and Mahomes and Watson are available and you got jumped. I've never been so. What do we know about B.A.? What did he love? Big arm, big quarterbacks. And that's exactly what Patrick Mahomes was. And I don't know if I'll ever feel like that again in a draft where you just and I I get draft pick projections wrong all the time. We all do. Mm -hmm. We fall in love with prospects. Guys don't pan out. But go look up tweets and write-ups or whatever. It's like Mahomes was was there to be had for this franchise. And I can't – I love B.A. I can't stand B.A. going on radio and talking about how they want, he wanted to trade up for him and they were going to. It's just like – and then what did that do? They doubled down. They compounded the issue the next year, and they traded up for Rosen to try to make up for it. That that whole story in and of itself might be the biggest flop because of the – the trajectory it put this franchise on. I'm going to tell you what's not a flop. It's our friends at Pins and Aces. They do tremendous work. If you're looking for the elite golf apparel for any guys or gals or whomever you're hanging with, check out Pins and Aces, the official golf apparel of PHNX and All City. Check out Big Drive Energy. Do a phenomenal job. Great podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, they rep it. We do too. We love our Pins and Aces gear. I peacock in it, get a ton of compliments. It is the most comfortable golf shirt I have. It's a polo, but they've got more than that hats, golf bags, accessories, even our favorite beer sleeve, an innovative product that allows you to store seven beers right inside your golf bag. Keep the drinks cold the entirety of the round. Check out pinsandaces.com. Use that promo code PHNX off your first order. You get free shipping as well. Stuff goes out quickly because it's in demand. So if you if you see something you like, it's not available, click uh, that notify me. They let you know via email. Go and grab what you want, but be sure to use that promo code PHNX 15% off your first order, free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. Pinsandaces.com. Big thank you to our friends over at Burrito Express. I uh, It was a two-burrito day yesterday. I was in the office a long time, and I, wow, I helped myself nice. to their elite, simple but f- phenomenal bean and cheese burrito. Got the Verde uh, salsa, unbelievable. Burrito Express, everything that they make over there, is elite unbelievable selection of burritos uh multiple locations throughout the valley tempe location hit it up it's just like when when you're in tempe you always have to stop in at burrito express say hi and get one of their phenomenal burritos uh they support arizona state athletics of course our guy jalen conyers is one of their athletes uh so big thanks to them for dropping off some food go grab a burrito and follow them on twitter at burrito exp it's Burrito Express. Follow them on social at Burrito EXP and stop in next time you're around one of their multiple Valley locations. So I feel like people are smartening up to the Cardinals and what they've been doing because 
they're they're being you know highlighted and praised for the offseason you know first it was nfl.com highlighting B. Joe Gilari. now the it's the athletic bow and uh basically the athletics said the cardinals nailed the offseason again this isn't the first time we've heard this um this is from doug at the athletic the cardinals finally have a plan while there's nothing sexy about a rebuild and it is a rebuild new head coach jonathan gannon doesn't even like to say the word it's the smartest move first year gm monte austin ford recognized as much he mastered the draft, adding draft picks for 2024, including Houston's that could pay dividends. They released Hopkins, an unfortunate but necessary move that will provide cap relief in the future. With Kyler Murray recovering from an ACL and get, get talent gaps on both sides, Arizona, they, they weren't going to contend this year. That remains to be seen. The, this was the best move looking ahead to 2024 and beyond. Austin Ford nailed it. It's great to see Austin Ford getting the, the praise he deserves because, I mean, when people laugh at your organization and specifically how you run your team the way they did at Kime and Kingsbury, it it was so overdue for the Cardinals not only get a new GM but a new external GM. Because I'll be honest with you, Bo, like I I am not convinced had they promoted from within that Adrian Wilson or whomever that they opted to go with would take the full on rebuild approach and be able to look at this roster at three thousand foot view and say, hey, mm -hmm. these drafts ha haven't been good enough because what when you go internal. You always have ties to the people that were there. You always have ties to the players that you help draft and scout and develop. And so I, I, I know fans are taking it in the chin right now, looking ahead to 2023, but man, there, there's so much promise for this franchise in just a short amount of time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to make some unpopular moves, to let some free agents that, uh, you know, people cheered for, bought jerseys for, wanted the organization to continue to, you know, roster, especially a local kid like Byron Murphy and a kid who had a breakout season and Zach Allen, and you saw the potential that he could even get better uh, beyond last season, like to, to let them walk because, you know, you, you want to be able to maybe have as much salary cap flexibility come the 2024 offseason, plus all the draft capital that you mentioned that, that they cleared and, and added. Uh, it, it's so important in, in to, to have like kind of the alligator skin to really put forth the best effort at rebuilding this thing and doing it right. I don't think a lot of GMs have that. Like they don't have yeah. the ability to make the unpopular moves and then periodically throughout the off season, sit up on a micro at a microphone and answer questions about it because it's tough. It, it's, it's, it's not, not everybody's built that way, but we've seen several prime examples, including the way he commanded the phones in the first round of the NFL draft that Monty Austin Ford is the guy. Yeah. hundred percent. And I, Florio said a lot of things yesterday. One of the most ridiculous was that it could be a, a Steve Wilkes 2.0 with the Cardinals pivoting off of Jonathan Gannon. I, I, save for the team like going 0-17 and, and just completely being non-competitive, Jonathan Gannon's on this team just as long as Austin Ford is. They're they're hand in hand. They're working together. They have a, a co-vision right now, which is which is great. And you've got Austin Ford in particular. Like the Cardinals can give input. Gannon could say, "Go to go buy me a certain amount of groceries. I need this from a pass rusher. I need this from a defensive back." But I mean. Austin Ford, I think, has more clout with the organization, within the organization, than anybody in recent memory. Because even Kime last year, remember, they wanted to make some moves. Weinfuss told us in our interview with, with Josh Weinfuss from ESPN that, you know, Kime tried to go and, and get Michael Bidwell to do some aggressive moves last fall, and, and Michael wouldn't do it, probably because he saw the writing on the wall. Where Like, Austin Ford is making the calls, he's making the decisions, and he's doing what's best for this franchise. He don't want to move his his wife and his and I think his two daughters again. Like he wants this to be his permanent home. Mm -hmm. And the best way for for job stability is to be able to produce a consistent winner. So you you love to see that. I'm optimistic again about these rookies training camp right around the corner. Keep it locked in. GoPHNX.combo has you covered throughout the duration. Our friends, PHNX colleagues at the NHL. Um, draft in Nashville. We've got our, our friends from PHNX Suns on deck headed to Vegas for the summer league. If you want the insight ahead and before and after card season, all that and more, check out gophnx.com. Become a diehard 20% off everything from the locker, a free hat and or shirt when you sign up. Tons of exclusive content, including access to the PHNX Cardinals member discord. It may seem slow right now for the Redbirds. I'm, I promise you, training camp, Bo Brock, it's going to be here before you know it. Check it out. GoPHNX.com.
Yeah, vets, rookies, all report July 25th. It's going to be here before you know it. And we're going to be out there in the Discord giving you exclusive content from Cards Training Camp out there at State Farm Stadium in Glendale. You don't want to miss out on it. The only way that you get to chat about the cards all day is through the member Discord. Become a diehard today. Take advantage of all the perks that are included with that. Uh, unlock content. All the access unlocked versions of gophnx.com. Don't miss out on any of that, uh, including exclusive content. Stuff over at PHNX Coyotes. Switch over there right now if you haven't been simulcasting along with us. Big thank you if you have. Thanks, everybody, that tuned in today. We'll be back with a fresh PHNX Cardinals episode tomorrow on Thursday. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, set to join us as a special guest. Can't wait for that. We'll talk to you then.